What happens after the show, you ask? Well, after breakfast with Mark Elliott. We recorded this on Tuesday, October the 4th, which is five weeks before the upcoming November election. Joanne Galloway is from the Center for Change, Northern Michigan Advocacy, and it's a group conducting these Anatomy of Election Roadshows. It'll be in Petoskey on Friday, in Sheboygan on Saturday morning, and in Bel Air on Saturday afternoon of this week. And uh, so um, Joanne came into the studio this week to talk about the Center for Change, and here's the entire interview. Yes, so the Center for Change, Northern Michigan Advocacy, is a nonprofit, nonpartisan, 501c4 uh, that is centered around uh, education, uh, excuse me, educating, inspiring, and empower both ourselves and our neighbors for collective progressive advocacy. So really the whole idea is like, I know myself uh, as a farmer in Pickford over the years, I uh, often thought like, why on earth do we do things, you know, a certain way? And I would go on with weeding the garden without really thinking about it um, because I realize now I didn't feel either inspired nor empowered to do something about it. So we work to help people understand better how government works, uh, who is in charge of what decisions, and at what point is it appropriate to insert ourselves into the processes so that we can affect and change the way things are done. Interesting. So you've come up with this roadshow called the Anatomy of Election. Marie, run through run through what, what what that's going to be for people who want to attend. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure to be here uh, visiting from East Lansing. I love Northern Lower and the UP. Um, I am, just by way of introduction, former city clerk for the city of East Lansing. I also worked for the Bureau of Elections as a trainer. Uh, training local and county clerks in the administration of elections. So our goal is to provide helpful, nonpartisan, and I really want to stress that, nonpartisan factual information about elections administration. And so you noted earlier that we are calling this the anatomy of an election. So what I've done is broken it down into three parts. So we're going to tie, and I like alliteration, so we're going to do parts, players and process. So for parts, for example, I'll talk about the optical scan tabulators. For players, I'm going to talk about how hard our wonderful uh, county, city, and township uh, clerks are, plus all the other folks who are involved in elections, like your neighbors and your friends who work at, uh, at the polls. And then for the process, I'm going to pull it all together and just sort of go through what happens before the election on election day, which is actually really a small part of the election. And then what happens afterwards, like auditing and, and canvassing and so on. And then what we're going to do is open it up for uh, some of the communities have some fun exercises, but I'm going to really ask people what questions they have and what takeaways they have uh, that they want to share. And so again, this is meant to be informative. Uh, fun and factual and nonpartisan. Marie, what's the biggest misconception people have about elections? 
Well, there are there are a number, so it's hard to say. But let me just start with something that's a real a real easy one off. It's that you sort of show up on election day and everything just came together that day. There, in fact, is so much work that goes uh, that goes um, into setting up an election. I sometimes refer to myself as a recovering city clerk because uh, that was, especially in a college town, the most grueling job I've ever had. And so our clerks, uh, our county city township clerks work so hard preparing testing appointing workers training those workers um, and then election day is really just a small piece of it and then again we have you know the canvassers that at the county that go through every single precinct in the county and then we have statewide audits we have county audits so I think that's the, the big piece there there's so much more to it and I hope I hope by explaining all these pieces that people feel reassured that there are what I call mechanisms integrity in place, checks and balances, bipartisan, uh, you know, participation in the process that that ensures integrity. So that's my big answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne, you made a point. In fact, both of you made a point to say that this is a nonpartisan effort. But, you know, you ran as a Democratic candidate for the state legislature. How uh, and and somebody brought that up to me when I when I mentioned that uh, I was going to be talking to you on the radio. So assure yeah. assure people that this is nonpartisan. Yeah, I'm really glad that you asked that because um, I certainly did run uh, on the ticket as a Democrat. I've noticed that two parties tend to win elections, so I had to choose one. Um, and then certainly, I think a good phrase that I've adopted is, I've moved on from that. I've realized that... Uh, there's so much more than the partisan politics, and uh, it's so important for us here in northern Michigan that we work together to get things done. Uh, we have built a lovely relationship with Representative John DeMoose. He's been uh, extremely helpful. We worked on a project last winter uh, that we called My High, or Fund the Michigan High Speed Internet Office, and uh, he was a real asset in terms of reaching out to his other uh, uh colleagues uh, in, the, in the House and uh, helping them to understand how, while we had a high-speed internet office that was created through executive order, it had never been funded. So a request had gone into um, the budget office to request eight full-time employees and the funds to actually operate the office, but that needed legislative approval, and it had never been taken up in committee. And so uh, Representative DeMoose was the first one that we reached out to to find out, like, what can we do about this and what process do we have to work through? And he was a big help for that. So, so yeah, I like to say, yes, I did run for office and ran a political campaign, but my team and I have moved on from that and are really just working to lift up uh, concerns that are important to everybody in northern Michigan. And one of them is, I mean, we know only about 50% of the community actually does vote. And uh, I think so many people uh, have gotten disillusioned. I know myself in the past, I'm like, why bother to go vote? Like, they don't even do what they say they're going to do once they're in office anyway. And I'm helping people to understand and empower people to help to understand the processes and like why it seems like people don't do what they said they do when they ran for office. I mean, we look right now, you've got the Democratic governor and you've got the Republican-controlled House and Senate, which somebody who ran for office as a Democrat, 
you know, is going to have a hard time getting anything approved through the legislature when it's controlled, like, by the Republicans and vice versa. So helping people to understand those processes and then helping them to stay involved and hold their elected officials accountable is a lot of the work that we're doing now. How do you think, what's the solution to the lack of, of voter participation? Is it is it things like this? Is it education? That's the only thing I can think of, so that's what we're doing. And that's, yeah, that's where the idea to... You know, do something in northern Michigan. Originally, we were focusing on a couple of communities. We thought, you know, maybe we could have a panel of uh, county or township clerks from the area, um, which, you know, as I started to do the work and look into it, that was difficult for clerks with the pressure that they've had uh, in the last couple of years to really want to be a part of a public event. Um, And that's what led me to look for somebody from outside of the area that maybe would have the experience that they could share with us and educate us more about the processes that are already in place that make our elections uh, so secure. And so um, that idea then grew into the roadshow where we'll be in six different communities this week. And yeah, the whole idea is to be able to give people the opportunity to learn more about how the elections operate and um, be able to understand the processes, give them the vocabulary to be able to have conversations about it. I know I was trained as an election inspector uh, and worked in Pickford Township in the Eastern Upper Peninsula several years back. And a couple of those times when I worked, I did work the closing shift. So I was there at the end of the night as we closed things up and locked them in this special bag. And I knew that both a Republican and a Democrat were going to get in a car and drive them to the county clerk. But I didn't even know that there was this board of canvassers, a county board of canvassers that would then meet in the coming days to certify the election, nor that there was a board of state canvassers that would then have to certify the election. And so those are the pieces that I want to bring to others in the community to help them understand, uh, you know, how the whole process works. Murray, you've been a a clerk, a city clerk for a long time. What do you say to people that say, "Ah, I'm not going to vote because the election's all rigged anyway. That's what they tell me. What's your answer to that? Oh, yes. Uh, Thank you for asking that question. This is one of the things. So at the very end of this presentation, we're going to have a call to action and we may add to that list. But one of the things that I really want to emphasize is that, you know, those areas of concern that we all have, the tabulators in particular, uh, maybe the canvas, those are all public meetings. So just like a city council meeting or your zoning board of appeals or what have you, those require a public notice, they require opportunity for public comment, and they require minutes, who was there and how they voted. So I'm going to be encouraging people, um, first of all, to participate as election inspectors for the communities that need them. But I want you to go to those, uh, whether it's called public uh, accuracy tests, and my, my friend Joanne here will have a list of where those are happening. So this is the opportunity for the public to look at the tabulator to see what goes in, what comes out, how, how the votes are actually calculated. Um, and there's testing in advance of that that's done uh, so that this uh, to test the programs and to make sure the tabulates are calculating votes the way they should. Also, the Board of Canvassers um, meetings that start uh, no later than the Thursday after the election, that is a public meeting if people want to attend that. And I will tell you that uh, Board of Canvasser meetings frequently have recounts. So, you know, we've talked about audits and things like that. There are recounts. And 
you know, quasi audits that occur at all different levels. So again, this is all public. We want to encourage people to, you know, I, I understand the skepticism and there is absolutely no judgment. We feel that people are upset and frustrated. So we really want to try and demystify and dissipate some of that in a warm and understanding uh, forum where all questions are welcome and so but again I would say get involved go to the public meetings and see for yourself and you know we've talked a lot about these uh, dry subjects of uh, politics and voting and processes. <laughs> oh no this is going to be fun this is yeah. going to be fun <laughs> I was going to say this is you're actually putting together a pretty decent show that includes food which gets my attention <laughs> absolutely we'll have cards for your queries and food for your bellies Ooh. <laughs> sounds good to me six different um, road shows in Petoskey Friday night at the Carnegie Library. And what the, better way to spend your Friday night, right? <laughs> in Sheboygan Saturday morning at the Hive. But I think I may need to head to Bel Air because you're doing this at one of my favorite places in Bel Air at uh, Shorts Brewery. It's hard Pub. to top the Shorts location. <laughs> we had isn't lunch it? there. It was amazing yesterday. We love it. Yeah. Oh, yep. that, and their new one that they have in Elk Rapids is kind of a barn. It's really pretty cool. Oh, I haven't um, been there. That is yeah, cool. That is Mark, really nice I wanted one. to circle back just a minute to the public accuracy test. And I'm sure, as myself, you've probably seen the little public notice in the paper over the years, you know, public accuracy test. And for myself, I was always like, hmm, like I feel like I'd feel like uncomfortable showing up, like I wouldn't know what to expect. So I've never gone, right? And uh, we met with Linda Talsma, the Marquette County clerk uh, last week, and she expressed her frustration in the fact that nobody comes to the public accuracy yeah. tests. Like that's your opportunity to like take a look at and inspect all of the election equipment and ask all your questions about how it works and like what happens. I'm like, oh, really? We need to let people know that. So we are uh, taking a uh, little rapid response to a cue from her and we have reached out to clerks in Northern Michigan. Uh, the county clerks aggregate that information for the townships and then they're required to uh, publish that public notice. So once they have that ready, we're asking them to share that with us and we'll help get that out on social media or maybe a few posters around the communities and encourage people to take that opportunity opportunity and go take a look and it doesn't matter whether you go to the one in your community or you can go to anyone uh and have a chance to see how all the election equipment works so i'm interested to go check out this big garbage bin <laughs> the big garbage bin yeah the tabulator i mean it's actually like a like a big garbage bin with three <laughs> sections in it with this with the lid on the top that is a that's like is able to read, like scan the ballots oh, and keep a tally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then it uh, prints out a little like register tape of the, the vote tally. So I would always say that the, the lid or the top is really, if we're talking about anatomy of an election, that's really the brain of the tabulator. And the bottom really includes three bins. I'll be going over that. Uh, and a d diverter bar for write-in ballots. And that's it. There's nothing mechanical in there whatsoever. So that is correct. It's you see how she's a subject matter expert, That's and me. I'm just the gal with the rose-colored glasses. Well, I uh, uh, to um, I guess uh, disclosure here. I've been a poll worker before. Thank you. So I awesome. am I am aware of the intricate process that goes on to put on an election, which is not an easy process to do, and, and how difficult it is to get people to participate and be poll workers. Um, there's shortages. I mean, I've been reading about shortages across the country um, of people not wanting to get involved or, or not wanting to participate 
Because it is a little bit of work. I mean, you're busy most of the day when you're a poll worker. Um, um, but Can I hop in there, Mark? Pardon? Real quick. Can I hop in? Sure, go right ahead. Thank you so much, first of all, for participating. It would be great. I know uh, state workers, for example, other than the Bureau of Elections, uh, they all have the day off. So uh, state workers are a great place to look for election workers. But I want to uh, let people know that probably a dozen years ago, we, you know, in, in urban areas, we have trouble finding Republicans. I was always, you know, in East Lansing, please, we love Republicans. Come work for me. I need you. Um, same thing for, you know, out county rural areas have trouble finding Democrats. And the law requires at least one of each of the two major parties and a minimum of three workers. But what I would say is that the legislature passed a law so that now one only need be registered in the state of Michigan. So you can go work in another jurisdiction or another county if they need, you know, someone of your party affiliation. So we can cross those jurisdictional lines to make, uh, to have this balance that we need. And to your point about it being a little bit of work, I, I do agree. But again, training is provided um, by larger jurisdictions. The local clerk will do it. But for the smaller ones, the counties do a phenomenal job. And there's, I always say this, and I'm also a precinct chair, by the way, so I've done pretty much all of it. There's something for everybody. So if you want to hand out stickers and that's all you're comfortable with, that's great. Um, whatever you can do, there is a role for everyone. Don't be intimidated. Uh, you are welcome and you are needed. Super. Joanne, anything I forgot? Anything you want to um, emphasize or reemphasize or make sure it doesn't get missed in this? Oh, yes. I know what we didn't talk about. Partly uh, with the... We scheduled this around this time purposely because we wanted to also celebrate kicking off the election season. So here in Michigan, over 60% of our voters in 2018 approved uh, proposal 18-3, uh, which gave us no reason absentee, which could also be phrased mail-in voting, vote from home. Um, so you don't have to be like in Florida for the winter or is sick in the hospital to vote absentee now. Um, and so, as a matter of fact, my ballot just arrived Saturday um, at home, and I'm really looking forward to be able to just sit down in my living room, um, look it over, think about, you know, what races I don't actually know enough about the candidates or the ballot proposal, and be able to do that research while I fill that out. So I like to help people to understand that while the main in-person day of voting is November 8th. Election season has begun. Um, ballots have gone, started to go out in the last week. Um, exactly what day those goes out depends on when the your local clerk got them from your printer. But I do, I've seen uh, on my social media where some people have already gotten their ballot, voted and turned it back in. Um, and there's so many different uh, ways that people can vote. Somebody can, like my son will be coming home from out of the country this week and then he'll be leaving to uh, go to his home in another state uh, where he's temporarily living, but he still uh, votes in Michigan. And so he will be able to just go to the clerk's office and fill out his application uh, for a mail-in ballot. They'll give him that ballot while he's there. He'll be able to just sit off to the side and fill it out and then be able to turn it right back in and submit his vote. So um, people can get their um ballot in the mail. They can mail it back. They can drop it in a drop box in their community, or they can take it right to the clerk's office, or they can go to the clerk's office, get the ballot, take it home, 
return it those ways. Um, and then the two weekends prior to the election, all of our clerks are required to have op- some open hours. It's set by each individual local clerk on both the Saturday and the Sunday, um, just to help it make it more available for people to vote who are working during the week or work 12-hour shifts or all the myriad of things that go on. So so it's election season. Let's celebrate. One of the, one of the proudest... Um, one of my, I'm proud to be an American moment. I was in Germany at a convention on a presidential election day a number of years ago. And, um, it was a number of Americans who were, there was a communications broadcasting convention and a hundred percent of the people who I interacted with that were American had all absentee voted. And I, th- I, th- oh, I just, that's awesome. That was a great, because we could, you know, a lot of the Europeans were talking about, you know, politics and everything else. And we were all, I was surprised at that, really. And I think everybody else was kind of surprised at it. They were thinking, yeah, I absolutely voted. All of you losers probably forgot. And, <laughs> and it was 100% of the people that were there. And I thought that was, well, that kind of made me feel good at that point. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see that level of participation among the people you were with. That's cool. And Mark, that's actually, um, the ability, it's you're called a move voter, military and overseas civilian voters are your right to the franchise or their right to the franchise is protected by federal law. So not just state statute. So what clerks do is we can actually email a ballot to military, uh, their spouses, and we have overseas civilians who, you know, are like you were at a conference or on business. Uh, folks are still required at this point to snail mail their ballot back. And so I believe there's legislation that was just passed a few days ago that may enable at least military to email their ballots back. But for this election, and as has been in the past, which is why we even have absentee voting, it's because of military and overseas, uh, we email a ballot, you mail it back, and then two people of different party affiliations will transcribe those um, choices onto a ballot that actually goes through the tabulator. Cool. Yes, it is very cool. And thank you for doing that. And thanks for bringing that up. No worries. So, Mark, one quick point that I have about anatomy of election is our focus is going to be very clearly on current election law. Yes. So how things used to be in the past or how things could be if legislation passes or ballot initiatives pass or whatever is not what we're going to be talking about at the roadshow stops. We're going to be helping people to be grounded in what is current election law. Mm -hmm. The uh, anatomy of election roadshow, Friday in Petoskey at the Carnegie Library. Saturday in Sheboygan and Saturday afternoon in Bel Air. Get more information, c4cmi.org. Remember, your vote matters. You can't complain if you don't vote in the election five weeks away. It's the After Breakfast podcast from The Breakfast Show on Late 96.3.